Okay, hi everyone. Welcome or welcome back to Unfiltered. Today we're here with a special guest, Allie Lee um, goes to Brown and is my classmate, which is super exciting and also is so, so amazing um, at like creating clothes and creating sustainable and really handmade, beautiful clothing. Um, and today I thought it would be really nice if we could just chat and you guys could get to meet her and learn all about all she's doing with her incredible Instagram account and fashion. And so, hi, Allie. Thank you so much for being here um, and agreeing to be here with me today. If you're, if you feel comfortable, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, both like as an individual and then also kind of like with fashion and all that? Yeah. Um, so thank you for having me, Haley. Um, uh, like you said, I am a sophomore at Brown. Um, I'm planning on concentrating in anthropology and biology, so not very fashion related um, as it's not something that I'm really thinking about doing as a long-term career, but it's definitely a huge passion of mine. Um, and I have an Instagram account um, where I share kind of what I'm making um, and take commissions from time to time. Um, and it spans anything from sewing to like knitting and crochet and embroidery. Um, I really just like any fashion related um, arts and crafts, so yeah. Yeah, and you definitely are not giving yourself enough credit. This, I think my favorite thing ever was when you like posted something, you're like, why spend this much money when you have like three hours and can just make it and you were showing like, such a beautiful top that like on I forget what site it was but like a clothing brand was so much more expensive and it's just really incredible how talented you are so um yeah your Instagram things Allie made right mm -hmm. yes so incredible and has so many different really interesting outfits or like just pieces of articles of clothing I guess and I also love how it's really tailored to the customer as well because they get to decide sometimes like what they would want if you like sew something for them, which is really amazing. Um, and so I guess that brings me to my next question, which was, have you always been really interested and passionate in fashion or did this develop later in your life? Yeah, so um, I guess a lot of my interest in fashion has to come from my mom because she just has such strong fashion sense and has definitely passed on a lot of her tricks to me. Um, as for sewing, I, so I've always been sort of pretty artistic, um, but I sort of, I dabbled in like drawing and painting, but I always felt like A, wasn't my strong suit. Um, I have a lot of respect for people who are so good at um, two-dimensional art. Um, and I think there is something really special about making art for the sake of making art. Um, but I always really like um, something that's a little bit more three-dimensional, something a little bit more hands-on. So I think that um, sewing was just like right up my alley. I don't even know how I got into it. I think on my ninth birthday, my parents gifted me a sewing machine and sewing classes at the rec center. Um, and after that, it just sort of clicked. Um, and I would say like, I think sewing is such a great skill to have just because um, it's, you know, you can mend your own clothing and you can make your own clothing, um, which I can get, we can get into later about why I think that's so important. Um, but it's really rewarding just to like take two dimensional, like just fabrics and make it into something that you can actually wear. Um, and yeah, so I guess it started off as a, just a small like family passion. And then we just sort of developed it um, over time. I love that because it, you create things that are so special to others, but then also special to you in the sense that like you put a lot of love 
love and labor into them, you know? So I think that that's really incredible that you can kind of like watch the transition of it, not only become a real thing, like you had an idea and then you created it and then it's like a tangible thing. Um, but then also kind of like this, like giving over of this thing that you have just created and spent a lot of time and like seeing how happy it can make someone else. Um, I actually am so lucky to have a beautiful shirt by you. And I just like, I love wearing it. And like, if people ever ask me, I love talking about it. Um, and so I think that's like something that's really incredible that you, you make art also that like people can wear and use, um, and that you can like bring that brings people happiness. And that's really incredible. Um, and so I guess that kind of is similar to, or kind of leads me into my question about what do you think that, um, working with clothes or making clothes or just like, you know, being very artistic has taught you both um, when you do it individually, like for yourself, but then also for others? Yeah, um, I think the, so the idea of like sustainable fashion has just become such a hot button topic lately. And I think um, making your own clothing just really affirms that. Um, like for example, fashion, um, or clothes just have like the largest, one of the largest profit margins just because fabric costs so little money, even if you buy like something really high quality. So for example, I get all my fabrics from a wholesaler online and say you wanted to make like um, one of those like trendy like satin dresses that just like look really expensive. Um, satin as a fabric is like $2 a yard. So to make one dress, you would need maybe like a yard and a half, maybe that's like four bucks. Um, so it's, and then they charge it for like 60 plus dollars. So, um, the materials to make clothing really doesn't cost that much. Even if you buy something like silk, which is known to be like such an expensive fabric, it's like $25 a yard. So it's really, if you're not paying for the quality of fabric, you're really paying for like the labor that goes into it. And when you think about it, um, when you're paying like $7 for a shirt at like forever 21, you're, you're not paying for the fabric you're not paying for labor obviously because it's just like made in a factory so like who are you who's really taking all that money um and so I think just the idea of like if you make your own clothing you are saving a lot of money just because you like something like you mentioned earlier when I posted I think it was from Princess Polly like I duped a shirt from Princess Polly that cost like $45 and I made it for $5 um so it just puts into perspective like where your money is really going and like, why are you paying for that much for something? Now, obviously I know not everyone can make their own clothes or has the time to make their own clothes, but it just makes you a more conscious consumer when you're thinking about where does my money going? Um, another thing that I think is really important is, so like you said before, when I accept commissions, um, a lot of times people ask me to make them things that, oh, I really like this brand, but I'm too tall for their clothing and their clothing just doesn't fit me well. Can you make this item, but for my own measurements? So making clothing has shown me like everyone's body type is so, so different. And I actually like looked into a little bit as to how companies size their products just because um, even for someone like me, like I'm pretty petite and usually clothes fit me pretty well, but things like pants, like I can never find pants that fit me well just because I have really short legs. So um, I was looking into like who who is like the perfect woman that they're using to make these clothing. And the reality is that they have something called size models, which are people that are like, I am the average size six in America and companies will fit you for the clothing and your body 
is the body type that all the size six in their brand is made for. So um, how can one person have the same body type as like everybody else who's a, who's a size six? It's not possible. So I think when you're buying clothing, like especially since fitting room quality of light and the mirror, you just like you feel like it just when clothes don't fit you right, it can be really damaging to your self-esteem and your body image because you're like, well, is my perception of my body not not accurate? Like, is it not lining up with society's standards? Um, and when you make your own clothing, it, it's just so like it makes so much sense, like why that happens, just because it is really hard to size people and to make a standardized size. Um, so I think that that idea has just um, been affirmed in me, like when I go shopping, it's not going to fit me quite like you can't go in with the expectation that it's going to fit you because everybody's body type is so different. Um, so I, I know I kind of went off track a little bit, but I think those are the two biggest things like fashion can be really misleading because not everything is going to fit everyone the same way. And it can be damaging if you feed into that a little bit too much. Yeah. And I, I, I love that so much because I think like, you know, these, these stores that like monopolize, um, or profit off of like having one size fits all, for example, is just so damaging, um, both like to the individual, but then also like from a company perspective as well. Like you are saying that like some people can't like cannot and almost should not fit your clothing. Um, and so morally, that's just so problematic and really just, you know, um, I'll speak for females because that's like, I can only speak for myself, but or I'll speak as an individual, like going into a store like Brandy Melville, just like you feel like you're, um, you feel like your self-esteem just like lower by so many bars because it's like, am I, am I too big? Am I too small? Like, why is this not fitting? Why doesn't this look right? Um, and a size four somewhere is a different size four. Exactly. Yeah. You being a size four, you know, like maybe your size four, like on top, but then your pants are different. Like, like there's just so many pieces that go into it. And it's because everyone is unique and an individual. And that's so, so beautiful, but it's really hard when like companies are trying to make like this one size that is supposed to fit like every one that falls into that category, I guess. Um, so that's such an important point that you raised. Um, and then also just in regards to like, I feel like sometimes there's this like stereotype or like um, perception that clothes that people make are like so boring or bland but like you have especially just showed me just like how in like beautiful and incredible clothes can be like or, or like handmade clothes you know like because that dupe you did make of princess folly looked like the exact same thing um and then was like so much cheaper and much more ethical I would imagine so it's just like super interesting to think about how you kind of like grow up with these preconceived notions that like oh like you know people that make their own clothes like they're not as trendy or they're yeah. like you know they have to be like cheaper or something whereas like you know they're like just as beautiful um or even more and even more unique and original and I just love that so much um so those are great thank you um and then actually talking about some of your work in regards to last summer in light of all that was happening with Black Lives Matter, I know that you decided to donate the proceeds of your pieces to a customer's charity of choice. So like, for example, when I ordered something, I then got to choose what um, charity I wanted the money to go to. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, kind of what influenced your decision, what you learned from that, and just like, yeah, the whole process. Yeah, definitely. Um, so 
when I started getting back into having so much more time on my hands to sew, um, I felt a little bit like um, this was kind of a selfish hobby just because like me personally, I'm very privileged in that I have the resources to just quarantine at home and not really have to worry about anything. Um, and just reading the news and looking at everything that's happening on the outside. Um, and I, like I mentioned before, my sister is super immunocompromised. So I couldn't go to any protests or really show my support in any other way. Um, and then it just sort of clicked that I have something right in front of me that I could use to make a difference. Um, and so many people had already reached out to me already um, sort of asked like, can I order something? And I figured that this would be a really great opportunity to sort of tie in in charity work to something that I already really enjoy. Um, and I think the reason that I decided to let my, my customers pick the charity of choice just because um, Black Lives Matter is, such, is, is a, a movement that I think overall has very specific goals, but there are so many different facets in which you can help further that goal. And I think, um, everybody sort of has something that they're more passionate about and more interested in. So for example, some people did um, organizations that help educate better um, for, or intersectional femin feminism. And that was like something that's really important to them or um, just there's so many different avenues that you can take. And I, and I know that, you know, putting all the contributions together would make a more direct um, impact on one organization. But I think I really believe in letting people choose where their money goes. So I think that um, allowing people to have the freedom to choose which organization, organization and where their money is going, I think was really important. Um, and after the summer, um, I sort of shifted my focus and now all my proceeds are going to Camp Kassam, which is an organization at Brown that I'm really passionate about. It um, provides a free summer camp for kids whose parents are affected by cancer. Um, and it's, it's an organization that's just really important to me personally. So, um, I've been, I like that I've been able to have the flexibility to sort of donate to wherever my customers feel is important to them as well as what's important to me. Yeah, I really love that, especially because I think like, you know, when you were talking about there are so many different avenues and like genres, like I know like Loveland Foundation, um, and all these different really important organizations that help specific or like women of color or um, black women who need therapy or um, I don't know, like black children, like in schools, things like that. Um, I think it's really important, like you talked about, to allow people to like choose where they want to donate also because it gets them passionate about what they're doing. You know, they, they feel like they have a real effect. Like, you know, if you chose three organizations, which would have also been great, you know, giving money, but um, it kind of makes it less personal, I think. So I really like the piece about allowing everyone to choose what resonates most with them. Um, and also now that you get to do something that you hold so close to your heart as well, um, I think is super important, which makes me think about like, as you talked about earlier, like this buzzword of like being a conscious consumer um, and just like more ethical clothing. Um, and I was wondering if you first could talk about like kind of the importance of being a conscious, conscious consumer a little bit, tongue twister. Um, and then also maybe how individuals could become more mindful of what they can purchase. Yeah, um, I think this idea of being sustainable and being a conscious consumer the reality is it benefits everybody. It benefits your own wallet because you're not buying things that you don't need. And it's of course benefiting the environment. Um, and I think 
I, I really love that sustainable fashion has become such a hot button issue and I it but I hope that it is a trend that that becomes more permanent like this idea of going to thrift stores and stuff um but I think it also again as with everything that's a trend can become damaging when people think that being sustainable means you have to buy from sustainable brands um because that can get really expensive and a lot of people can't afford to shop at sustainable stores like Reformation is known for being very sustainable but their clothing is is ridiculously expensive and you, I mean you know why it is expensive because they're sourcing their their um products and their fabrics from ethical sources and of course that is going to cost more money um but I think if when it really comes down to it it's more about reducing waste and buying things that you don't need because for example like even if the, the pull of stores like Shein and all those like famous fast fashion stores is that you it's so inexpensive but that causes you to buy so much more so you're spending maybe $200 at Shein and buying like 50 things versus spending $200 at a different store and buying like two things um, which at first can seem like a great bargain but then how much are you actually going to use those items and how long are they actually going to last so um, buying consciously um, is more about, I think, recognizing what you actually need um, and not buying more than you actually need. You don't need 10 black tops, you need like two. So, and at the same time, the things like thrift stores, I think are so attractive to people because they are so cheap. Um, but the same thing kind of applies there too. Like just because you buy from a thrift store doesn't mean you're not over consuming as well. And, I, and with along the same vein, like stores like Goodwill, um, have become super popular because they are thrift stores. But um, at least for me, um, growing up with a sister with disabilities and thinking about what sort of future it lies for her and, and what sort of jobs she can have, um, Goodwill is sort of popular for providing jobs to people with disabilities. But if you look a little bit closer, they treat their employees horribly. So just because you're buying from a thrift store doesn't necessarily make it ethical, I think is another thing that people should talk about a little bit more. Um, but yeah, overall, I think being a more conscious consumer is really about buying what you need and not about impulse purchases, which I know is hard, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's super important because, you know, it's super easy to want to like grab the Shein for $7 because it's $7, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but in reality, it's super important to think about, um, like you said, what you need, but also like thinking about like Goodwill, like how they treat the people that are making, or they're not making the clothes, but like, um, for another brand, for example, like making the clothes, um, and also like this, this want to be sustainable can get very pricey and seems to be almost like a privileged thing at times. So like, I think reframing it as like buying what you need, um, is a lot more, I would say universal and that a lot of people could like understand and also lean into because it's not asking individuals to like buy from a store like reformation which has beautiful clothes but also has like 200 dollars clothes which mm -hmm. is not everyone's budget and not the majority of people's budget um so i think i really like the piece that you were talking about how like it's super important to think about like what do you need um and it's really easy to fall in like oh i want to be a fashionista like i want those 10 black tops which i know that like i often fall into like oh i need new clothes each season but my body isn't changing that much to like need new clothes each season. Um, so it's important to like put that all in just perspective as well. Um, and so this next question, getting a little off topic of that, and you totally don't have to answer if you don't know or you don't feel comfortable, but I guess I was wondering, um, 
what your future goals are in the sense of like, are you hoping to grow your following bigger on things that we need? Um, do you want to like eventually like work up to like having a brand and selling that? I know that you mentioned earlier that your concentration, which just for everyone that doesn't go to Brown is just your major, um, isn't in fashion. Um, but do you still imagine like pursuing this further and longer? Yeah, so um, when I was younger, I, I so right now I'm pre-med, but um, when I was younger, I really wanted to be a designer. And I think the reasons that I did and still don't want to make that as a career is because I think I would end up not, not liking it anymore. And I think that's really important to me to have a hobby that's solely just a hobby and something that just makes me happy versus making money. Part of the reason why all of my money goes to charity, because I don't want it to be something that is a chore or is a job. Um, but at the same time, um, it is something that I really love doing and can picture myself doing for the rest of my life. So in terms of like what I want to do in terms of fashion, um, I do of course want to grow my following just because what this account has let me do is connect with people who are passionate about the same things I am. And I love when people reach out to me and they're like, I, I really want to get into selling, like, how can I do it? And um, I love teaching people and like pointing them in the right direction. And I love um, sharing my passion with other people, whether it be just through pictures or like showing them how to, how to, to do it um, themselves. So um, I think I just really like showing people what I do and hoping to inspire others. So I think in that sense, um, that's something that I would want to do for the rest of my life. Um, I do want to make some sort of a small collection just to culminate everything that I've been working on. I don't know if that's going to happen just because um, it takes so much more research than I anticipated. Like, like we we're talking about with sizing, I want to make my, if I were to make a line, I would want to make it size inclusive. Um, but there's so much to think about with that, who is going to be the model for size, small, medium, large. And um, the reality is like larger items do take more um, fabric. Is it fair to charge more because it's taking more fabric? If there's a lot of stuff to think about. So um, I wanted to sort of release it in the summer, but we'll see how that actually goes. It'll probably be something really small um, and just for fun, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, that's super exciting. Um, and I think that just like giving yourself grace and time to figure that out, all out, like, you know, we're like, no one's going anywhere. Um, I think that's really incredible. Um, I guess, cause you mentioned that you're pre-med, um, how you navigate both being a student and then working on your pieces. Um, as you mentioned, like each piece probably takes a, a enough time. I don't want to say like, I don't know what long or short, but like, mm -hmm. obviously it looks like it's taking a long time because they're so beautiful. So I guess I was wondering like how you navigate that time. Yeah. Um, so obviously I am remote this semester, so I do have a little bit more time on my hands. Um, but I think the reason that I, so I started sewing when I was really little, but in high school, I sort of lost it just because I got so wrapped up in, you know, schoolwork and extracurriculars and I just never really set aside, set aside time to do it and I think the way that I've been sort of managing my time now is mindfully setting aside time to do this and to have this time for myself I think it's been really important just for my mental health just because um, I am a remote student so it is a little bit challenging to watch all my friends on campus and sort of feel like life is sort of passing you by and life is continuing without you. And I think having something that's just your own, that's just your own passion 
um, can really keep you grounded and you need something that like motivates you to get up in the morning. So setting aside time to really like, for me, I'm during the day, I'm helping around the house. And after my sister goes to sleep is when I have time for myself. So that's the time that I block out to work on my projects. And I think something that I've really had to keep in mind is being patient with myself and some, and knowing that a project is maybe going to take me a week to finish if I want to do it right. Um, so I try to sort of set myself a limit for how much I'm going to do each day. So that way I don't rush to get it done and then I'm not happy with the results. So I think the, the ways that I've sort of gotten around it is setting aside time to only focus on that and then to only work on it on that in that space um, just so that I'm not, you know, um, I just have a tendency to rush and get impatient with myself. So I think just pacing yourself has been really important. Yeah, I love that. And especially because you do deserve things that are just your own and that is just your time to like not think about anything else but what you're doing. Um, and it can be so easy to be like, I want this done. I want this done now. And I mean, I can't relate in the sense of like, fashion but in the sense of like homework I'm always like I need this to be done right now and then I like don't grasp any of it and it's like oh <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly and so I think it, it's super important to like be patient give yourself grace and under and really love what you're doing which I acknowledge is why you've talked about like this is something that you want to continue but in the sense of like just a passion that mm -hmm. you love um and then I guess because you were talking about how like you want to you love talking to people and you love responding to like comments or DMs about people wanting to learn how to sew or telling you they love to sew. And I was wondering um, what you would say to anyone who might be hesitant about leaning into their passions. Um, and then also not only just leaning into them, but like showing them to the world. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, especially if you are any sort of artist, any sort of musician who produces things for people to look at and to listen and to critique and think about, um, it can be kind of hard to release something into the world and not have any control over what people are gonna think about it. Um, but I think that it's, once you recognize that this is something that you do for yourself, the reason that I have this account or when, the reason that I started this account in the first place was because I wanted some sort of portfolio that I could look back on and see my progress. And it's been really exciting being able to like, I mean, I'll look at some of my older posts and cringe because I was like, oh my goodness, like, why did I do that? Like, I would have fixed it this way and that way. And it's easy to critique yourself. But when you kind of just look at the larger picture and having a whole portfolio lets you see like how much you've grown um, over a certain span of time. So I think that um, if you have something that you want to share with the world, um, I know it's easy to just say, like, just share it. Um, but when you share, when you put something out there, because it is so permanent, you can watch yourself grow over time um, and sort of have, see those physical milestones. So I think that um, sharing something doesn't necessarily have to be for other people. You can share things for the purpose of showing yourself that you can do it. I love that so much. And yeah, I think that when I was like thinking about having a podcast, it very much came out of like, I wanted to hear the things I was saying. So even if others weren't, it made me feel better to like, just like put it out there. And then I thought maybe if this just even helps one person, then I feel like that's success. Um, and so I think like, yeah, just like 
remembering that, I don't know, it's so easy to think people will be so critical, but in reality, people are just like so nice normally in regards to like people broadcasting their um, passions and like they're they're always like oh like I wish I could do something like that and I'm always yeah. oh my gosh like you could and so you're your biggest critic so yeah. if you just have that mindset then it'll be fine yeah I love that but that was actually all of my questions thank you so much Allie for being here with us today I will of course link everything you guys need to check out her Instagram it is amazing um, but thank you so much again thank you for having me.